When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's showtime. Podcasts are the best, except for when they're not. Come to think there's really just a handful that don't suck. And that's where we come in. Podcast reviews like Hollywood Commander. Chris. W-A-T-P. W-A-T-P. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? One of only two shows that promises there will not be any fact checking. No <laughs> I'm your host, Carl. With me as always is Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yes, definitely. Uh, I'd like to remind our listeners you can visit us at whoarethese.com, our Facebook page, or on Twitter at whoarethesepod. Email the show, show at gmail.com. We're always looking for podcast suggestions. Also, if you find this show the slightest bit entertaining, don't forget to give us a positive five-star review on iTunes. Today we'll be reviewing a podcast called Disgraceland. We listened to episode 105, Van Morrison. We have both listened to the show separately. We haven't discussed it too much with each other before. We're trying not to. So <laughs> without further ado, let's get into it. Chris, this was a suggestion that came from you. This show, Disgraceland, hosted by Jake Brennan. And but it this, really came from another co-host. That's true. Crozier... Actually likes this show yes. and uh, turned you on to it. It yeah. is a let's, let's talk about the premise real quick. It's a, it's a true crime slash rock and roll history podcast. It's not only that; it is a great concept. On paper. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I would go that far. Well, I'm kind of over the whole true crime genre, but this guy comes up with these stories, legendary rock and roll stories, right. and he goes through the whole thing. Yes. And you're a big Van Morrison fan. Well, there's that. There's that. This is why it was recommended to me by Croach. Because you're a big Van Morrison fan. Well, yeah, and everyone likes a good, true crime rock and roll story. This show couldn't be less about Van Morrison. <laughs> no shit. It has this specific episode. He's trying to find some type of true crime angle to Van Morrison's career. You think? Yeah, he's stretching Trying. a little bit. Trying. So I'll just sum it up real quick so we can get into the clips and, and people understand the context of it. Yes. Basically, Van Morrison moved to Boston. He was going to record uh, his second solo album, Astro Weeks. He was trying to pull a band together. He got this one guitarist named Rick in the band. It didn't work out. Rick left the band. Van Morrison went on. To record an album and be famous for years to come. Yeah, it barely had anything to do with it. Rick had nothing to do with anything yeah. in Van Morrison's life, he except for they hung far. out a few times Rick, together. Poor Rick did not get that far. They hung out a few times together. But the reason why this is important is because Rick had a roommate who was gay and in love with him who eventually murdered him. Yes. And he gives this away very early on with uh, what I call spoiler alert. He was playing in a band with a young, talented Emerson College student who would wind up beaten to death in a Beacon Street apartment in a matter of months. That was the very beginning of the show. This yep. guy that we're talking about, this, this Rick guy, Rick Philp, will be beaten to death in an apartment. Oh, okay, I guess I guess we're done here then, right? Yeah. That's a wrap. All right, moving on. <laughs> what else should we listen to? Yeah, so there's absolutely no drama to come of this because he's already told you exactly what's going to happen. That is the most action-packed part of the story, I believe. <laughs> um, 
the other thing that this guy, uh, Jake, the, the host, does is he understands the exact conversations between people that couldn't possibly be documented and goes as far as to understanding what internal thoughts are. I pulled this clip. I call this, this is the clip that sums up the show for me. This guy, Rick's roommate. Is everyone following me here? <laughs> this guy, Rick, who played guitar watches Van Morrison. His roommate, Harvey, this gay guy, is driving home from work. And our host, Jake, knows exactly what's going on in his internal monologue. Driving home after work one night, Harvey couldn't get his head around the issue of Rick and Kathy. Fucking Kathy. Always around. Was she moving to Boston to be with Rick or not? Couldn't she take a hint? She wasn't welcome. Harvey hated her. And deep down, he knew Rick did too. Rick was just too nice to bring himself to admit it. Rick. Rick was gorgeous and sweet and kind and talented. He loved Rick. And he knew Rick loved him back. Even if Rick didn't know it yet. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, this guy loves Rick. <laughs> Rick. Rick. Yeah, th this show Kathy. is nonstop. This guy read a book. Okay, somebody wrote a book about the making of this album. He read this book, and now he's telling you the inner dialogue of this fucking guy as he's driving home from work one day. Well, I I see this in the tradition of like cable true crime, where yes. it's you got the bare facts of a simple story: man kills woman in hotel room, and then the rest is conjecture. So it's like ninety eight percent. Conjecture. 98%. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and I'm being polite there. <laughs> right. Because there are, there are moments in this, and we'll get to it, where it's just between Rick and his killer, and it's like, here's the conversation, and here's what happened during that. Well, how would anyone possibly know that? Of course. <laughs> what, did he write it down as it was happening? Oh, he gets crazy detailed about stuff. It gets crazy detailed. But yeah. yeah, I actually have a note on here. If this guy doesn't write for those crime reenactment shows, he should. Because that's what this is. Yes. It's just a ridiculous crime reenactment show. Yes. Uh, before we get into all that true crime nonsense, I do want to talk about the fact that because he has sponsors and advertisers, he tries to keep on the up and up. He does not play any of the music that's associated with any of the artists that he's talking about. Nope. And he even goes as far as to say on every episode that I listen to this. That music you heard at the top of the show, that wasn't great music. That was a preset loop from my Mellotron called Church Organ Low MK1. That's fascinating. Please go on. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Every episode, I listened to the most recent one Me about too. the Rolling Stones. I had she to know if it's all like that. <laughs> right. You know? It is. He plays this garbage music and then goes, that's bad music. Because, you know, again, he goes on to try to set the stage where in 1968 he says this. I played you that loop. Because I can't afford the license for Hey Jude by the Beatles. And why would I play you that specific slice of anthemic mac and cheese? Could I afford it? Because that. Because that is way better than the garbage Astral Weeks album that this show is about. Whoa. He whoa. talks so much about how amazing this album is. I wanted to listen to the album, Chris. Uh -oh, I mean, uh -oh. this is what I do. I do the research. <laughs> Can I play you what this Van Morrison album that he's pining over and just... Blowing load this is after be load. the shortest episode ever because I'm leaving. <laughs> He's blowing load after load over this fucking album. <laughs> Listen to this garbage. this up this is really on this album this is the second track every song of this album is eight minutes long and it's just musicians just vamping well, it sounds you know like why? a snl skit rick never got to play on the album <laughs> it would have been a lot better beside you beside wow. beside you you're pretty good you want to put together a band uh, tribute man. act I like Van Morrison as much as the next guy, but Jesus Christ, some of this fucking dudes. There's no melody. It's just, what am I do? Uh, all right, wait a second now. Blah, blee, blah, blee, blee. Okay. What, a, what the fuck? That's not songwriting. <laughs> and all he talks about is this album, Astro Weeks. He goes on and on about how amazing it is. Uh, I'll play a couple examples of that. A.K.A. Van the Man. 
would release Astral Weeks, his second solo album, an album that defined grace and beauty, but is underpinned by desperation and murder. Okay, does, does that check out as a Van Morrison fan? Do you think it defines grace and beauty, but is underpinned by desperation and murder? I don't know what to think anymore, actually. <laughs> Uh, again, this is him discussing how amazing this album is, and this guy can go on and on about how amazing an album is. He doesn't mind at all going on and on. No, no, <laughs> this is the part that he loves. The lyrics are poetic, mournful, melancholic, and in constant struggle with an unwelcome inertia. Astral Weeks is about coming and going, about being stuck, and with any luck, maybe being reborn. In every note, from the sweeping strings to the chugging acoustic guitars and heavy-hearted flutes, you feel a sense of trying to get somewhere. A sense of movement. What in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the heavy-hearted he, flute! He takes forever to say nothing. <laughs> exactly! Alright, again, here's a track off of this amazing album that is the greatest thing anyone's ever done. Tell me that this acoustic guitar is even in tune, Chris. Tell me. <laughs> Dude, guitar right there. I'm no doctor, but uh. Who <laughs> listened to that poetry? Sheesh. Spread your wings. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll bet this guy Jake Brennan wrote better poetry in high school. Uh, no shit. <laughs> this album is literally jazz musicians just making shit up as they go. And for some reason, Van Morrison feels the need to just sing random lyrics for eight minutes at a time. There are a lot of drone pieces on here. And if you're not into the drone... I am not. Uh, I like to compose music that has, like, I don't know, a melody and a change. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the way this fucking guy talks about musicians. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. I wrote, uh, on that subject, I wrote high school journalism plus... Goth kid poetry plus cornball conjecture. And I think that's the recipe for Jake here. Dude, listen, listen to this. And Chris and I are both musicians, and I could tell just by looking at you, just you despise this. Musicians are transient. They come and they go. We move through our daily lives, and every couple of months or so, one of our favorite musical artists blows through town for a show. We fork over our hard-earned cash, and if we're lucky, the artist is worth it, and the show is transcendent, and we get swept away. Ugh, yuck. Is that how you describe going to see a band you like? I wouldn't describe anything the way this guy describes no. anything. <laughs> no, of course not. All right, just, I want to go on with one more thing where he's talking about musicians, and as a musician, this rubs me the wrong way in every way. And musicians not only move from town to town, they move from gig to gig, from band to band, from opportunity to opportunity, in and out of people's lives, from one lover to another, from party to party, drug to drug, in and then out of rehab, there, then gone again. I, I actually <laughs> want to try this. I want to try this technique that this guy has describing musicians. I'm, I'm going to give this a go here. Uh, bear with me, everybody. Uh, they take two steps forward, then take two steps back. They go round and round, because what comes around goes around. They're coming to your town. They'll help you party down. Motoring. You've got them in your sight. And driving through the night. Might as well jump. That must have been a Bon Jovi song. <laughs> what the fuck with this guy? He's so obnoxious. The way he explains or describes musicians, the way he describes this Van Morrison album that's full of nonsense, and I have clips at the end where he goes ahead and does both at the same time. For example, this clip. No small feat, given that musicians are like sharks. They stop moving and they die. <laughs> Van Morrison knew this. You can hear it in every note of Astro Weeks. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so fucking First we're gypsies, dramatic. now we're sharks. 
Uh, These are like sharks. If they stop moving, they die. And Van Morrison knew that, and you can hear it in every fucking nonsense note and detuned guitar at this album that's just fucking them vamping. I don't know how much rehearsal went into making this album, but I can't imagine there was a ton. I wrote this little quip. Yeah. Uh, to call him heavy-handed is like calling you mean. It doesn't quite paint the picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't provide the context that you really need to understand. Um, yeah, the back and forth. Uh, I got the text when uh, he crushed you know, yeah. listen to uh, this. <clears throat> Listening to Disgraceland, it's kind of annoying. He's like, yeah, the presentation leaves much to be desired. I say, it's a great idea, just irritating, like high school journalism. And he goes, I hear you. A little too much first-person stuff. He sells a lot of commercials, though. <laughs> that was the good thing? <laughs> yeah, that was the upshot. We haven't even talked about this guy's fucking voice and how he sounds so affected. Yeah, you know, this music really moved people. Van Morrison was an up-and-comer and just figuring out the way... <laughs> You're getting close to Nicolas Cage there, but yeah, uh, well, this is I, I wrote William Shatner plus Bill or Ted from Excellent Adventures. There. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. This is more this overly dramatic nonsense about this album that I think sucks, and um, I don't understand why he has to paint this picture in order to make it interesting for people that this guitarist knew this guy. Like, you don't have to talk about this fucking album as if it's the greatest oh. thing to ever happen. I know. Movement equals life, which is why Astral Week sounds so vibrant. There's transience and grace in every note. The album is alive. Rick Philp is dead. <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> I mean, th th just trying to be so dramatic with it. This guy who had nothing to do with this album is no longer alive, but the album came out. Yeah. Right, we get it. I mean, I give him points for trying to stay on the dramatic track, right. but there's no story here. No, there, there's no story. One more clip about this nonsense with Astral Weeks being amazing and musicians being sharks. It is a masterpiece. Sure, it doesn't have the hits of some of Van's other works, but ask any musician about it, and they'll like you tell you that it's his best album. That is, if you can get one of them to stop moving long enough to talk to you. Uh, All right, yeah. well, that, that was also one of my clips. And what is that bizarre music that it turns out I think is his original stuff? Oh. Yeah. That leads me to my next clip. Oh, great. Okay. So he's talking about how these musicians are crazy. They're sharks. They, they live very different lives than we do. We can only hope to understand what a musician goes through and how they live their life. And then at the very end of the show, he reveals, guess what? This episode of Disgraceland, its musical score and theme song were written by me, Jake Brennan. Oh, Jake, you're a musician? Oh, shit, Sherlock! Yeah, I could have guessed that. You're so fucking up their asses. Oh, yeah. oh, by the way, these things, these people that I'm talking about, they're so amazing. I'm one of them. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. No shit. By the by. <laughs> yeah, I had to look this dude up a little. just, And he looked exactly like I thought he would. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, you know, I think I would like this guy. I think his heart's in the right place. Um... He's not putting this out maliciously, but it's really about him. Oh, this is all about yeah, him. Yeah, we can agree on that. Um, it did hark me back to being a kid with a tape recorder and telling ghost stories into it. But it was for my own pleasure. I would just listen back to it. And I think that's what Jake should do is just not put this out and listen to his voice, which is, I think, what he wants to do. What's interesting to note on that front, I'm glad you brought that up. Because we were talking about this when you were a six-year-old you had your own radio show. Yes. But this is long before the internet. Yeah. Recorded into a tape track. I think you sent me a clip that uh, you found. I accidentally may have. Yeah. <laughs> here is here is our co-host, Chris, uh, some, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago? Oh, oh, oh is it on that? <laughs> Talking into a tape recorder. I went to another Amazing production. Thank you. Thank that, you. That's so well done. Yeah. But the um, reason why I wanted to bring this up is because <laughs> this show actually is extremely well produced. There's a lot of people who work on yes, it. Yes. The editing is great. The production is great. 
there's there's a lot of things about this show that are top-notch and high quality. I agree. He has a lot of listeners. He has a lot of five-star reviews. He actually has a contest around people giving him a five-star review, so he definitely encourages that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, this we got to scrap that one-star review idea we had. <laughs> this is the, uh, at the end of the show, he talks about his contest that he does to get five-star reviews. Okay, the moment you've all been waiting for. Winners of the review contest are Emmeline Murderino Bennett. Thanks for the review. You're getting a free poster. Email me so I can coordinate getting this out to you. And once again, Emmeline Murderino Bennett. You got a free poster coming your way. So email me. You didn't have to repeat it. It's a podcast. You could just go back 30 <laughs> seconds and listen to it again. But this is the thing that he's doing. You can win a fucking poster. Wow, some shithead wins a poster. Yay, neat. If you give him a positive five-star review Jesus. on iTunes. <laughs> Should we be giving out shitty posters? Is this a thing that people do? I I've never heard of such a thing, but apparently this is what, what they're up to over there. Yeah. Chris, what do you want to talk about? Well, man, we covered the cornball stuff uh, pretty well. We talked about how the show is about a true crime thing that has nothing to do with Van Morrison. Yes. And then we listened to the Rolling Stones episode. I think he's running out of material because the Rolling Stones episode was... Keith Richards getting busted for heroin. Yeah. Like, also, is this a true crime? I, like I know a drug bust? Yeah. <laughs> I know this episode was our homework, but I did listen to that. And he kept referring to the Stones being busted for this and that. It was all about Keith. You know, yeah. kept saying the Stones this and that. But anyways, well, I digress. Yeah, I was actually going to clip that show and I ran out of time because there were some things where he's explaining Mick Jagger's vocal style as if no one knows about this. Right. But he can't play Mick Jagger because he's got this fucking thing with copyright infringement <laughs> that I don't have. And yeah. so he plays this nonsense sound effect instead that's supposed to give you the idea of Mick Jagger or something. I don't know. It was so it was such garbage. It's like that Jimi Hendrix biography that they put out where it's none of Jimi Hendrix's music because his family did not sign off on this. Oh, right. So it's like the life of Jimi Hendrix, you're just listening to like backwards-sounding Jimi Hendrix music. Like, ah, okay, this is so silly. What are we doing? Uh, he never lets up on his cornball delivery, which drove me to distraction. Yes. And I know that's not what he wants. He wants us to listen to the story and continue listening to his voice and his crappy music behind it. But I had to listen to this in about eight separate fucking sections because right. it's so annoying and it reminded me of watching like like a jim carrey comedy Oof. you Were never you, he never lets you forget right he never lets you forget that he's on screen yeah not for a second i i have a perfect example of that and this new gig rick had with the angry little irish guy with that song about the girl with the brown eyes shaladi da shaladi damn this gig had real potential this dude is fucking corny. <laughs> this this oh, oh, shit God. where he's... I mean, the writing is terrible. It is. And I actually don't even think they say Shaladi in... No! Shaladi! Yeah! Okay, good. I'm glad as a Van Morrison what? fan, you... I thought the same thing. Shaladi da? Shaladi damn! Oh. He wrote that down and then read it dramatically as this character he's playing yeah. um, in the show. Yeah, we'll get to the violations of podcasts in general later, but... That has got to be one. Um, yeah. But that also should be a future drop. Uh, you should consider that. Shawadi da, shawadi damn. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to go back to the backstory on this guitarist, Rick Philp. He talks about how he was uh, chewed up and spit out by the music industry because his previous band did not work out. This, that's this clip right here. But in the grand scheme of things, Rick Philp's band, Middle Class, was a bust. I mean, they were good for sure, but you know the drill. When your parents are up your butt about how the whole quote-unquote music thing is going. Alright, so he talks about how he was spit up and chewed out because the band didn't work out. Chris, you ever been in a band that didn't work out? <laughs> I, I'm in one now. <laughs> I've been in a bunch. And I don't understand this whole thing where, oh, yeah, when he when he met Van Morrison, they had both been through the rigors. Like, no, Van Morrison had hit songs in Brown Eyed Girl and Gloria, and this guy was just in a band that no one knew about. Oh, it's it very Gloria, different. It's G-L-O-R. Oh, 
fucking A, I hate that shit. Um, so this was, this was, he, he said at the end of that, you know the drill. Your, your parents are like, what's going on with that music thing? <laughs> Holy shit. Now he recreates the conversation you had with your parents yeah. about what's going on with your band. Yeah. And this is just so ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous made-up conversation I've ever Agreed. heard. How many times could Rick answer with something like, yeah, pretty good, you know, we just had a great gig at Summit High School last month. This crazy band called Velvet Underground opened up for us. I know, they're really going places. And, uh, you know, Carol is going to get this new distribution deal for the label. And even though her and Jerry are on the outs, I feel like there's some strong material coming our way. Blah, 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 blah. What your parents heard was, my son is on a fast track to nowhere with this music thing. So the band broke up. Wait. So the band broke up. So the band broke up because the way the guitarist's parents interpreted his update on their progress was negative? Because that's what he just said. Oh, my God. But your parents just hear, you're not going anywhere. So the band broke up. Do you have Cobra Commander saying, what is going on? Can we? (laughs) I need some help I think I have. Because I need to know. Exactly. Good point, Cobra Commander. shit. I mean... That's filler. That's nonsense. Yeah, that's nonsense. That's Carl Pilkington nonsense. All right. You notice that he likes to say, you you explain this and this and this, but what they hear is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he does this a lot. He's a psychologist. Right. But but this is this is like the thing that he likes to do. I don't it doesn't move the narrative along. I'm not sure why he does it. There's later in the in the show, he talks about the confrontation. Between Rick and his ex-roommate Harvey, who will eventually be his murderer. And they're having this back and forth. He does this thing where he explains what Rick said and then how Harvey interpreted it. Meanwhile, he doesn't know any of this. He doesn't know that any of this conversation happened or how this all went down. He's making it all up. But he also uses this cheesy fucking sound effect. He uses it over and over again. Listen to this. L.A. maybe. Probably. Maybe New York. All Harvey heard was... I'm leaving Boston. He politely let Harvey down, gently. But all Harvey heard was, I'm leaving Boston. He protested. (laughs) All Harvey heard was, I'm leaving Boston. He did that three times in a row. The needle on the record. Right. (laughs) All that I heard was, Your podcast sucks. (laughs) That is the dumbest fucking sound effect. And that whole thing where, and then he explained this and this, but all he heard was, you're a douche. Yeah, I see the close-up of Harvey in every... Oh, right. Okay. Well, you're on the same track as me. Would you just play my number one if I'm not interrupting your flow? There? Of course. So Van attempted to negotiate a release from the draconian contract that bound him. He wound up having his guitar smashed over his head by a Genovese family thug. New York City was dead to him. What? Why? And how? I mean, that is an action-packed little moment there. Yeah. Why that sound bite? He uses that one a lot. And he puts some bizarre... There's uh, a ton of post-production involved in this. sounding music going on. It has nothing to do with the story. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean, but I have to tell you that... Um, <laughs> I think our show would do better if we had like these music bands going on in the background. <laughs> you know, we're just talking about stuff Yee-haw! and music comes up. I agree. But it has to be garbage music that's made by a Casio or a Yamaha from the 80s. I know that you you like to make fun of this, but honestly, this is the new way to podcast. Now. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, it's time to get on board. It's time to get on board because we're talking about this show that we think sucks. Yeah. That Croach thinks amazing, and this is the way that we do it. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I have a lot more made up conversations oh, I that wait. I want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Rick has a girlfriend, Kathy. Fucking Kathy. Okay. I feel I feel like an asshole that I know this podcast so well. Oh, I couldn't. Dude, I said it was so annoying <laughs> that so I had annoying. to listen to it in eight sections. But those, a couple of times I had to pull the car over. I was laughing so fucking hard. They get ridiculous. This the is one not about supposed the deli, to be funny. Come on. Let's I know. Bring I know. It, bring it. So this is exactly what you're talking about. Harvey decides he's got to get Kathy out of the picture because he wants to bone this guy, Rick. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be boned? <laughs> Who doesn't want to be boned, but apparently he's very handsome, according to Jake. He sure is, yeah. Okay. 
So his idea is, that, all right, the Harvey's idea, and again, this is just all made up nonsense, is that he's going to come home from work and explain this story that happened at work where this person had an accident. But really the premise is he wants to scare off Kathy. Okay. So what's amazing about this is that this character talks like exactly like this asshole, <laughs> the host of the show. Yes. Barged into Rick and Kathy's bedroom and told them what he just witnessed. Kathy, you won't believe what I just saw. This deli boy at work, such a shit, really. Always up in everybody's business. It's no wonder this happened. I mean, karma, right? Anyway, he was slicing meat on the meat cutter. You know the kind, right? The kind with the big, sharp, rotating blade. He slipped while using it because he wasn't careful, probably minding someone else's business or something. Anyway. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. This is exactly the conversation he had with his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend in order to intimidate them. And then at the end of all this shit, he decides he understands how they internalize <laughs> the conversation that never happened that he just made up. Rick and Kathy were in shock. Kathy especially. They both knew Harvey was bullshitting them. And they both knew the story was meant to intimidate Kathy. Rick wondered why Kathy didn't. She'd picked up on Harvey's fascination with Rick before and tried warning Rick off. But Rick, to this point anyway, was in denial. This is a show called Van Morrison. Yeah. Can I remind you of that? The he's name long of this gone from the story, by the way. It's Van Morrison. Yeah. He's describing something that happened between nobodies that can't possibly be documented. Yeah. We can't, I mean, we probably know more about dinosaurs than we could possibly know about <laughs> these shitheads who had this fucking lover's quarrel going on in a, an apartment in Boston. Carl, holy shit. <laughs> I, I had to listen to that section just to understand what the fuck where he's going, and I realized it was nowhere. I felt like he a went fool. nowhere. I was a fool. Um, so this is a clip I call "Total Made Up Relationship." It's just more made up shit, and this is trying to connect so hard. He's trying to connect Rick with Van Morrison, and he and Van hit it off personally. Van seemed to like him, which was saying something because the guy didn't really like anyone, or at least he seemed to not dislike him. They bonded the night Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. Watching the fallout in disbelief from Van's Cambridgeport apartment glued to the television, Van knew it then. Rick could hang and play. <laughs> Rick could hang. What? How do you know this? No, there's no way that someone's writing in their diary. Tonight I, I, I watched Martin there. Luther King. With... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fucking nonsense. Anyone who's listening to this, you're listening to a made-up story. It's, it's cute. It's neat. But what's the... I don't understand what the point of this is. It's I, not a true crime show. Yeah. It's just a made-up story. So then he goes on to talk about how Rick's apartment caught fire. For a time, it was all good. Then, in a flash, it wasn't. <laughs> Rick's apartment mysteriously caught fire. Twice. Rick was fine, and so was his roommate. And possibly just as important, Rick's guitars were not damaged. All that was lost were some of Rick's clothes and books. I love that his apartment got fired twice. Rick was fine, but his landlord was fucking pissed. His favorite cardigan sweater. Could you Gone. Could you imagine the landlord of these guys like, yeah. again? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? What are you guys doing? You're passing out with a cigarette in your mouth? Stop it. I specifically said one fire per month. <laughs> it's in the lease. Check the fucking lease. Oh, boy. Um, this is just a clip. I'll just play real quick. It's more made-up conversations. Rick goes to Harvey's after they are no longer roommates. He goes to Harvey's to get his guitar, and he knows exactly how this went down, even though there's only two people involved, and one of them has been dead ever since. Harvey dodged. He was making small talk, acting as if nothing had changed between them since Rick moved out. How are things going? What's new with your music? How's school? That sort of thing. Rick kept to the point. <laughs> Where are my guitars, Harvey? Harvey lit a joint, clearly stalling. Oh my God, he used that fucking stupid sound effect again, uh, yeah, too. I just noticed that. That's great. <laughs> I, just noticed I did that. not just notice now. that listening through this, man. And no, there's a out. lot of nonsense going on in the background. <laughs> but there's a lot of silence, too. He's not always playing stuff. That's and true. when he does, it's so wrong-headed. Yeah. It's just... Odd, to say the least. I don't know if you picked up on this, Chris. I feel like this is the kind of thing that you love. <laughs> Probably. He talks about how they were involved in this music festival. 
And he talks about the different bands that were in the music festival. <laughs> As part of a festival called Spring Sing with a bunch of other bands whose names sounded like they were invented inside a hippy-dippy Mad Libs cliche machine. Third World Raspberry, The Tangerine Zoo. You get the picture. <laughs> the list goes on! <laughs> the list goes on. It's actually like from The Simpsons. Holy shit. That's amazing. He's... I love that he, he wrote down "hippy dippy Mad Libs cliche machine." Yeah, that's what this guy is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's all actually he is. A great concept. <laughs> but he explains that, <laughs> and, then he, that. and then he, he comes up with two band names: Third World Raspberry, The Tangerine Zoo. You get it. Yeah, you, got you, it. You, you, you get what I'm talking about, right? It's like, oh, I guess. The I don't grateful know. <laughs> airplane. Come on. That you get. That's it. That's all you got. Yeah, you get things. Oh my god, this. It, this dude is fucking corny. No, Michael, I couldn't agree more. You're not charismatic. <laughs> You're not. Actually, I would like this guy, Jake, to do a show with Michael. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that, that would be awesome because I'm pretty sure that Michael would go in there and... Uh, Your wife had vagina stitches in her. <laughs> Blow up his spot. Yeah. Punch his dad in the head. Now I want to get into... The most dramatic part of any true crime show. This is the uh, murder porn section. Yes. That all of these true crime people that listen to this shit, I don't give a crap about it. doesn't do anything for me. But people just beat off. They yeah. can't stop beating off over. Here we go. This is the big moment. Harvey was blind with rage. Outside of himself. Off on some other trip entirely. Fear. Shame. Loneliness. And sexual excitement all banged violently together inside Harvey's head while Harvey violently brought the banister spindle banging down under Rick's head with brute force. When it was over, Harvey came too. That is the dramatic part that everyone gets excited about, right? Sure. Remember that the whole point of this episode is this. With a child-like vision sleeping into you. I mean, Chris, I know you're a fan of Van Morrison, but Astral Week sounds like the Velvet Underground had musicians in their band. Okay. It's garbage. All right. I understand there's good musicians out there, but it's just nonsense. Maybe it's not my favorite album. <laughs> oh, well, you're a musician. According to this guy, musicians <laughs> I'm a shark. Say, I'm a gypsy. Musicians would say that's their favorite album, even though it didn't have hits on it. All right. All right. Um, what is funny is how Van disappeared from the story, and I just wrote this. Yeah. Van? <laughs> right. Where the fuck did he go? <laughs> yeah. You should just title the podcast what it should be, a random story that happened outside of anything that's interesting. My sexy, slightly stoned voice. <laughs> um, so, again, at the very beginning of the show, he says, the guitarist that Van Morrison met once was... <laughs> murdered he was beaten to death and then he tries to get dramatic a little while later and he says this the move was about getting his career moving again not just ducking the mob and one of the people who would help him find his way a young gifted handsome guitar player would mysteriously disappear from van's life just as quickly as he'd arrived but it wasn't career opportunities or drugs or alcohol that would move the musician out of Van's world with shockingly quick transients. It was a violent beating. Am I the only one even listening to this horse shit? You yeah. already said that. He goes, now, just so you know, the reason why Rick's no longer in Van's life is not because of drugs. It's not because he moved away. He was beaten to death. You said that in the first minute of the show. We know. Yeah. Also, another thing to note is that he was already out of Van's life at that point. He uh, wasn't right. in the band. Yeah. They had nothing to do with it. In fact, he even, he even reads this quote from the bass player that proves they didn't even know who this fucking guy was. Yeah. All I know is that his name was Rick. He had worked with the Monkees. And a few weeks after our first show, after Astro Weeks was released, he was murdered. That's Van Morrison's Boston-based bass player at the time, Tom Kilbania, talking about Rick Philp. Yeah, that's what he said. All I know is his name is yeah. Rick, and he had something to do with the monkeys. Interesting to know there's no quote from Van about this guy that right. he's connected with. Even the bass player didn't know who the fuck this guy was. Yeah. He has no connection to Astro Weeks or Van Morrison or anything that's going on. Yeah, this is thin. Trying, this, this is, is very thin, thin premise. <laughs> 
Uh, Chris, you got a couple more clips. Anything else you want to play from the show? Oh, man, we covered it, but just, just to tickle me pink here. Yeah. Number five, please. Okay. He quickly hooked up with Van Morrison, another young kind of sort of casualty of the music industry, but one who wasn't equipped for or interested in resigning himself to study groups in campus sit-ins. For Van Morrison, school was out. No more teachers, no more books. Van was searching. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, the writing on this show is garbage. Yeah, it's so high school. It's like he has to fill a certain number the of crozier. words. Yeah, come on, come man. On, you usually give us good podcast suggestions. <laughs> this is not well, one again, of Well, again, I want to go back to, on the plus side, it's a good idea. I want to hear, like... Well, basically, someone reading a Wikipedia page about a true crime rock and roll thing, you know? Right. And Well, he read a book. He read a book. and he, On this? He credits the book. At the end of the show, he also credits it in the description of the show. He says, buy this book about the making of Astro Weeks. Wow, I, don't, I guess I didn't make it quite that far. Yeah, th- that was the thing. He read a book, and then he did a podcast where he made up a bunch of fucking horseshit that never happened, and it's just speculative, and who gives a shit what this asshole made up in his mind about something that happened outside of anything in Van Morrison's I, life. I would pay good money to hear Van's actual reaction to this. If He wouldn't he waste, his, he wouldn't waste know, his time with he was forced shit. to, okay? For like some me. reason, he'll do a fucking eight-minute-long song that has no chorus, <laughs> okay, but he won't enough. waste his Time with this. <laughs> I may get fired from my job for this. Um, yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of Van Morrison fans over there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll change your name and post. So anyway, Steve, uh, the important thing to know about our show is there's ain't no fact checking. Yeah, in case anybody yes. wanted to call me out on any of these opinions. <laughs> so this guy, as, as Crozier noted to you in, in your text exchange, <laughs> sells advertising space. Stamps.com is a sponsor. He's got some other weird ones. This is a sock commercial that came up at the end of the the Van Morrison show. So in other words, two people heard it, just uh, Chris and myself. Bombers are made from premium cotton. They stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Every pair comes with a built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and seamless toes. Who is writing the ad copy for this? We're talking about socks. Stay-up technology? All right. I'm using technology right now to record this podcast. Stay-up technology. Is there a chip in them (laughs) that's detecting whether they're falling down? And then the arch support shit. Is anybody buying socks for arch support? (laughs) You may have to call tech support if uh, they fall. (laughs) Stay-up technology. I think you might be overselling your fucking shitty socks. Like they're cotton that you put over your feet. Well, the last time I was on, other than the hundredth episode uh, celebration, we were doing Mark Marin and remember how bad he did his oh, fucking ads. He was this guy worst. at least gets into it, you he know. He gets way too Way balls deep into it. Yeah, it's, it's not that fucking interesting. <laughs> You're talking about socks. Socks! And the show has reached a new low. <laughs> Chris, I just have one more clip on the board for you. Do you want to play that? Yeah, sure. Right. Harvey was just too weird. What? Why? How? <laughs> this is the Casio. Why that? The Casio keyboard shit. Dude, are we traveling through Harvey's safely fucking mind? ensconced in his new digs? Ugh. Yeah, he what has these weird that? transitions with Otter. this garbage music that he then takes credit for at the end of the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, the music is done by me, Jake Brennan." And I have these amazing musicians who help me with it. Really? They are amazing? Are you mm, sure? They're robots. Because, yeah, it, it sounds like something you could probably do on a computer. His best friends. It wouldn't be that tough. <laughs> so, Chris, you and I were talking yes. prior to doing the show. And we said, it's about time that we laid out the rules of putting on a good podcast. I don't know what we, what we want to call it. I, the Ten Commandments of a good podcast? Or... Well, that was the uh, original concept. I whittled it down to five violations. Five violations? Yes. I like violations better. I did yeah. the same thing. I said, here are the things you can't do. If you do these things, your show sucks. Right. And I have ten. Yes. So let's see. Let's go through yeah. ours back and forth. Let's. And let's see if we have similar violations. Because we've talked about a lot of these on the show. Of course. Over the past couple of years. 
these shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but I'd be interested to see. Do you have them in order? I do. Of, of, okay, great. Yeah. So um, let's start. Yeah. Let's start at, at the back end. Sure. And let's say, what is your number five? Well, this is okay. Here we go. No zoo talk. If you're not a morning zoo, mm. and I wouldn't listen to you if you were, right? Talking over each other, you know, and um. Also, that noise is better and somehow funny, the funny voices, all that shit. If that's not part of your concept, le- yeah, exactly. Leave it out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So it, what you're it saying, happens to be part of our concept. <laughs> so but, what you're you know. saying is it can't be morning zoo shit like, lick, lick, lick my balls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just pandering to me, but I, uh, I, I 100% agree. Some of these shows... Like we did the one just recently where they were reading the Yelp reviews. Yeah. And Chris, you work at a restaurant. You were excited about this concept. Like, Holy yeah, shit, I these was. Yelp assholes. I played that intro for everyone at the restaurant and then the rest of the podcast sucked. Oh, we were so excited about it. Yeah. Like this is actually a great concept for a show. We can just call out people who go on Yelp and complain about food that they should not be complaining about on the internet and yet these fucking assholes turn into a morning zoo they pulled a jake brennan and made it about themselves they did they did funny voices that they were did funny voices funny. that's exactly right all right let me go into mine i got a bunch here go man um verbal crutches if you use the word like if you use uh mm, eh, there's so many so and that's what i use all the time so i'm always going in and going oh fuck i just use that word way too much just take it out. Right. It's not good. Right. You're doing a show. Right. It's annoying. Another one I have is, you mentioned it earlier, reading Wikipedia pages. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone to read to me what's <laughs> on the internet. I can easily look that up. I own multiple internet-connected devices yes. that can get to any web page, dark web, white web, whatever. <laughs> I can get there. And I can learn about this shit if I so choose. Uh, what do you got? What's number four on, on your list over there? All right. <clears throat> you are not a radio broadcast. What, is, what does that mean? You don't need to say what's coming up. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't need to take breaks. Yes. Um, okay, ads may be part of your thing. Of course. That's fine. But this whole thing... It like, should be part of our thing. Just like this, yeah, right. <laughs> just like this asshole did... Where he, he just puts in this music bed out of nowhere, and you just have to sit through 17 seconds of weird music. Why? What, what, why? what are we doing? Yeah. You're not filling time. That's not why I tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. We've downloaded the entire MP3. I'm going to listen to it if it's good. Right. I don't need you to fill time. I don't need you to tell me what's going to happen next. Yeah. To Jake, I just want to say this was my homework. I never would have made it through that fucking episode. Oh, if it wasn't. Oh God, no. If Carl wasn't going to beat me senseless <laughs> with a banister, whatever the fuck. Yeah, all don't right. don't dug the show and not listen to it. <laughs> um, all right, the next one I have on my list is bad acting. Okay. There are so many pre-scripted yeah. podcasts out there, and these fucking people, believe it or not, have not been hired by Hollywood. Surprise, no. surprise. There's a reason why they're not working on Broadway. They are not good actors. Right. And most of these scripted podcasts, and I totally understand, it's hard. It is. It is very hard. I don't do this. (laughs) It is very hard. These people who are character actors, who do voice talent, who are on cartoons, it's not easy. And the way they do it is they read every line multiple ways so that the director can go in and figure out what's going to work. Right. These podcasts do not have that kind of time. And these Actors it's are not, clear that are they don't not, have that kind of time. Are not very good. It's it's uh it's well this now we're starting to get into my number two. So, okay, uh, but uh, what, let's, let's so we have some three. overlap. Well, I was going to say the thing that goes with that is excessive foley work. This uh, idea that overdoing. Oh my god, that's what all, that's all this is. Like, okay, so. I'm going to, you know, you're doing this dramatic read and you have to open the door and then footsteps walking into the office. In my real life, I never hear footsteps. But for some reason on podcast, it's just like, hey, come over here. I would not be able to picture what walking is without (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we get it. The person walked over towards the other person and then they had a conversation. I get it. Anyway. Yes. So bad acting, excessive fully work. What did you have? Uh, For my number three, working backwards. Inside jokes, 
Um, oh, inside jokes. No inside jokes. Don't tell me about Jimmy, who I don't know. There have been no laughs! What do you mean? I'm None! Especially when they're cracking each other oh, up. the worst. Over these things we could po not possibly understand or know about. Right. I don't want to be in on this inside joke. I don't give a shit. At the sound of your voice, uh, laughing with your buddy is not enough for me, I'm afraid. Time to quit talking. Um, I have... What's that one from, by the way? Oh, that is from one of these scripted podcasts <laughs> that we reviewed. I forget the name of it, but it. Uh, it was garbage. Time to quit talking. Yeah, it's always time. I have rambling and or boring conversations. This goes on all the time on podcasts because two or three guys will get together, or women, and they'll think that they're hilarious and they're interesting. Yes. You're not. You're not interesting. You're not hilarious, and your conversations go nowhere. I was actually trying to think of people whose voice, like where I don't care what the content is, I just want to hear their voice, and I thought of Gilbert Gottfried mm -hmm. and that dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can listen to Thank Gilbert. You. I can listen to Gilbert read the dictionary. All right, and that hilarious. dude that you reviewed, um, Alex Jones. Oh yeah, Alex yeah. Jones. Those are the only two I can think of. Yes. Uh, there's got to be more out there. But. Well, there's also... Unsubstantiated fantasy! Lies! 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 Anything Cobra Commander says, I am all in on. Do we know who that voice actor was? No, he's a fucking hack. Oh, he's Jesus great. Christ, he's so over the goddamn top. I know! I just want to see footage of him doing it. Alright, so the next one I have is zero post-production, zero editing. It's very obvious. When I go listen to a show and I think... Oh, that's embarrassing. Why wouldn't you have taken that out? I go ahead and take out things that are embarrassing <laughs> that I say because I don't want people to hear like them -host. on the internet. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to change this show so it's just me. Right. <laughs> there will be no co-hosts on this episode. Good idea. I'll actually put in Crozier's voice. Just him going, uh-huh, yep. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Another rule that I have for podcasts is... Video game music. Don't don't include it in your podcast. Don't talk about it. Don't play it on purpose. Video game music sucks. It's why these composers are making music for video games. Because they're not good enough to make music that people would listen to in an area where they're not forced to be there by playing the video game. You have a captive audience that can't help but hear your shitty music. Sweet. I could do that. Anyone could do that. Right. Anyone could do it. All right. What else you got? Well... So this is my number two, moving backwards, and that is what you covered a lot of. Edit. Yeah. Holy shit. Just Why edit. not? Why wouldn't you? You want listeners? You want them to enjoy themselves? <sighs> You're not a live morning show. You're not going on at a certain time. And I've said this before. If you can't go back and listen to your show, why would anybody else? If you're not going to spend the time to go back... And by the way, if your show is two, three hours which is I probably should add to my list here, <laughs> and you know I go back and listen to it, then don't do two or three hours of your fucking show, Furcast. That's oh, too fucking much. Yes. We get it. What a great segue to my number one. Number one. This is an umbrella that covers all of the others. All right, let's hear it. It's called, a little, a little word called content. Mm. If you have none, don't do a podcast. Interesting. Why don't you wait to build up some content? My number two is the lack of a format. Which I think is parallel to what you're talking about. Yeah. Have a reason to exist. Right. Hey, we're back on our show. Two guys talking about stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I talk about stuff with people all day. Why am I listening to your fucking show? I don't give a shit. What's the content? What's the reason? And there are a lot of shows that have figured this out. Right. But most have not. Right. So let's break it down. We're talking about um, a podcast that's supposed to entertain you. Mm -hmm. Not just... Like, I listen to one that's simply called Italian Wine Podcast. And a plane might go by because they're in a vineyard or whatever. But I just want to hear the facts. Yeah. And that's why you tune into something like that. But if you're trying to make me laugh or entertain me in some way outside of, you know, just facts, that's where the, that's where the content comes in. Like, it's not... If you're not Gilbert Gottfried, you know... Well, that's the so, problem. Blah, blah, blah. That's the problem is these people listen to these shows... Where it's just these comedians riffing, and even those shows suck from time to time, but 
if you listen to these shows where you have these guests on and their job is to be funny, people hear that and they go, oh, I, we can do that. That's what we do all the time at the bar. And so they think they can just get together with their friends, have a couple beers and put on a show. And it's more times than not, not the case. Gotcha. Not going to work. I have my number one. I, I should have put a, uh, a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have done something here. Number one. What, what's how are we terming this? This is the things not to Five do. Five violations is the, what I came up with. The number one. The number one violation for podcasting. Australian accent. Oh, I got it. I mean, agree. Jesus yeah. Christ, with the Australian <laughs> accent. It just doesn't work. We're over it, people. Not everything's a question. I don't want nobody likes the way you guys talk. It was a fun gimmick in the 80s. We're all over it. Yes. Let's let's just move on. <laughs> all right. That's uh that's all I got. Yeah, I had that, but I thought it was so obvious. <laughs> we all had yeah. that. Um I want to read a recent review that came in on iTunes real quick. We got, um, just a, a week or two ago, G-Face Color said, not for me, one star. And uh, this person wrote, decent concept for a podcast nowadays, but these dudes are just straight up nerds and jealous of other people's success. Well. Have we reviewed anyone who's successful? Mm, what, what is this person talking about? Michael Rappaport. Other people's success. <laughs> we loved Michael Rappaport. We do, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. I would love to be called corny by him. Dude, you're a cornball in his eyes. Close enough. Thanks, Carl. You wish. (laughs) You're sweet. Oh, my God. This dude is fucking corny. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. He did me. (laughs) That is staying on the soundboard. All right. Well, we talked about the violations. Yes. We reviewed Crozier's favorite podcast in the whole wide world. (laughs) We uh, read one of the recent reviews that came in of somebody who doesn't like the show. You know what that means. (gasps) Is it? Time? It's time for uh, the teaser. The teaser. Do you know what the teaser is? Are you familiar with this part of the show? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some teasing involved. There is teasing involved. Yes. The idea is we're going to do another show next weekend. Oh really? We haven't done that show yet. Huh. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. It's in the future, right? It's in the future. Huh. We have no idea. If you look at our track record, you'd think, well, it's probably going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do is I want to tease people to think like, oh, that amazing show that they're going to do? I want to hear that. Like a little bit of it. No, I want them to hear the whole thing. <laughs> but in order to get them excited about it, maybe subscribe to the show, I'm going to play just a clip of the show that we'll be reviewing next week. All right? Because every week we review a different show. Do you know that about us? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Yeah, that's a prerequisite to being a co-host. So here is a tease. Here's a clip from the show that we'll be reviewing next week. Gary, what was that Mother's Day bid? Who pitched it? And wasn't it that we were saying Sal and Richard's moms would come in and see if they can identify their penis? Oh, no. Well, Richard said, Richard was like, I, I, I would be naked in front of my parents. I don't care. I'm sure he has been. We talked about a different bit a couple of weeks ago, and we were in a writer's meeting, and I said, Richard, you know, would you get naked in front of Lars from Metallica? He goes, I don't care. I go, your mother-in-law? She's seen it. I go, how about your mother? No problem. But now, I guess when you really push him on it, he changed his mind about his mom. He did? He said no? <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's, he's backed off. But Sal, on the other hand, seems to be up for it. That's right. I can't believe it. Next week, we're doing the Howard Stern Show. Wow. Not a podcast. Totally breaking the rules. Oof. Crozier will be rejoining the show once again. Crozier, who helped us break down Adam Carolla, Alex Jones, and now Howard Stern. (laughs) Oh, Jake Brennan. Let's have a good He is the heavy hitter (laughs) co host. And I will tell you up front that Crozier and I have been Howard Stern fans for decades. Yes. I can back, confirm this. Back when Howard Stern was taken off the air in our hometown of Rochester, New York. That's right. Because Entercom or one of those clear channel, one of those shitty companies bowed down to pressure and decided to take him off the air. Crozier was burning CD-ROMs of every episode and sharing them. <laughs> My man. So that we could continue to listen to him even when he was off the air back in the <laughs> early 2000s. And... Um, we followed him over to Satellite. Crozier has since dropped off. 
because the show has gotten so fucking ridiculous. I still listen every week. He doesn't put out a lot of episodes, but when he does, I do listen. So we'll be coming at this from a place of understanding. It's not like Chris and I, who listen to one fucking episode of some random podcast, and go, this guy's an asshole, yeah. which is ridiculous. It sure is fun, though. It sure is fun. This, this next week, I'm actually nervous about the prep that has to go into this, because to talk about Howard Stern, there's decades and decades yes. of shit you could... I mean, this... It could go on forever. What do you talk about? Well, we don't want to hear about your problem. You selected this. Oh, yeah. You brought this on yourself, douche. (laughs) Yeah, but now I'm starting to think it was a bad idea. (laughs) This teaser's not working out. I'm not teased at all. I'm just upset about it. This is actually making me kind of anxious. Good luck, Carl. Gotta go. (laughs) Don't we have a show on Friday? Fuck. I didn't think this through real well, did I? You know where that show is? Erotikoid. It's an erotikoid. All right. So Wait, that's an inside joke. That's a violation of 2.3. So please join us again next week because it might be the episode where we find out once and for all who are these podcasts. Sleep well, everypony. Parting in the mush pits of morning radio. You're not charismatic. Your wife had vagina stitches in her. This dude is fucking corny. You know, who are these podcasts? I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense. Who are these podcasts? Who who really are, like, who are these podcasts? I want to know, what is their effing problem?